both sides. Ask them, people behind you. Look around, see if there's anybody sitting by themselves. Point at them. Say, come sit by me. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad that you're here. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers today. Let's give the dads a big show of love today. Can we do that? Love you, dads. Wouldn't be here without you. Love you. Glad that you're here today. Glad that you came and celebrate with your families and friends and uh, a, part of, uh, a part of this big family at South Point. want to welcome everybody watching on Facebook. Glad that they're a part of what we're doing at South Point. And uh, hey, before we jump into the, the Father's Day stuff, all that kind of good stuff, um, let, me, let me let you know about something very special coming up next month. Uh, you've been hearing about the last couple of weeks. Next week, we're going to start signing up for different areas and putting people in the, uh, the different departments they need to be in to serve. But July 21st, that's on a Saturday. That is our uh, South Point Serve Day. That's when we're asking everybody to come be a part of us serving Rockwood Elementary. Rockwood Elementary is uh, on that day. They'll be having their back-to-school day. And so we're going to be cooking for them, giving out some uniforms, um, taking family pictures, just all the haircuts, all different kinds of good stuff to, uh, to help them out. And the more, the merrier. And we're going to have an incredible day in blessing our community that day. Are you with me on that? Amen. All right. So uh, somewhere in this auditorium, we have, uh, we're going to give away a, a few things. A couple of uh, tickets to some uh, Dodgers, Oklahoma City Dodgers baseball game coming up in the next three or four weeks. And in the back of one of the seats is something that looks a little bit like it's about half this big, but it looks like it says Happy Father's Day. It's in one of the little pockets back there, and that is for the winner. So look around, see if it's in your row. If it's not in your row, I think I saw them actually, I think it's over in this area. I think it's where I saw them putting it in today. Does anybody see it sticking up out of a pocket of a chair? If not, I get to, oh, Chris, I was fixing to say, if not, I get to take them with me. Come on up here. Everybody give Chris a hand. Super excited. Way to go, man. You and Doyle can go together. Y'all just hang out. Don't take, don't, don't, uh, don't get hit by a ball. Have an awesome time. I'll trade you. How about that? Thanks, sir. Thanks, sir. Happy Father's Day. You bet. Very exciting. Yeah. Very cool. Fun stuff, isn't it? How many love to go to baseball games? Anybody like to go? Yeah, I like it. Can't watch one on TV, but I like to go to one in person. I don't, I don't have 17 hours to watch one on TV, but, or the patience. That's, that would be more of it, the patience. I love watching about a half an inning. Anybody with me on that? I love to sit down. It's like super nostalgic. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I'm bored. I'm leaving. And go do something else. But when I'm there in person, it's, it's awesome because they have so many things between every inning. They're doing stuff and kids running the bases and shooting T-shirts at you and catching fly ball with your teeth and all that kind of stuff. It's super fun all the time. Um, you know, as I was thinking about this message and preparing and uh, just thinking about different things, different influences of dads in our life, I got to thinking about how different life is now than when I was growing up. Uh, I was writing down some of the things that, for me, is very, very different. So let, let, me, let me get you to raise a hand on this. Now, this one's not as bad, but it, did you ever walk home from school or did you walk home from school every day? Were you one of those kids? I walked home from school every day right? It's 105 degrees in the desert, uphill both ways, all that kind of stuff. But really, I only lived two, three blocks. At one house and another house, we rode the bus. 
but just that was just part of it. Um, how many ever played lawn darts? You remember that game where you bought a giant set of darts and put out targets and threw the darts at it like toward one another? No, we don't do that anymore. That's probably been outlawed by the government somewhere. Anybody grew up uh, riding in the back of a pickup truck? Ooh, and you're still here. That's awesome. How about on the side of in the back of a pickup truck, like sitting up on the side? you do that? Yeah, me too. Awesome. Let's see. What else did I write down? Oh, yeah. How many, how many, like, the rules for you playing was just go outside and be home at dark? Anybody like that? Yep. Yep, yep. When the lights come on, you go. When the street lights come on, you go. Well, that's if you live in the city. For, I lived about half and half. Then I moved to the country, and you don't have street lights. You have coyotes. So when the coyotes come out and you start hearing them, yep, that's time for you to head to the house. Um, what about... Uh, what about, here's one of my favorites. What, how many have ever made a collect phone call? And when you have to leave the message on who's calling, your parent on the other end just heard, hi, would you accept the collect charges from, hey, mom, come pick me up. <laughs> Did y'all have that worked out? And mom would just hang up and come pick you up because you knew where you were at, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and no seatbelts. How many remember the seatbelt change when you were a kid somewhere in there or a young adult? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing now, too, because my kid, kids get in and I am the seatbelt Nazi. I'm just like, hey, put your seatbelts on. We're not leaving the driveway. And we actually used to even have our kids, if they catch us, after we get out of the driveway, if they catch us without our seatbelt on, we'd give them a quarter back in the day. And at about 75 bucks, we said, hey, we're done with this thing. This is dumb. We're not doing that. But Isn't it amazing how much things have changed in the last 30 or 40 years in our our country? I mean, even when I was growing up and I was playing sports, like, you had to win to get a trophy. Ooh. Touched on a soft spot there. Things have... (laughs) Lord, help them right now, just right where they sit in their seats. I'm with you on that. That's some of the issues that we're having, I feel like, is, uh, is because of that balance. And uh, we protect them from, we protect us, ourselves, from every failure. And without failure, you don't ever learn what the truth is. You don't ever learn what the best is. You don't ever get the big reward. You know what I'm saying? I had about four trophies growing up. And they were first and second place in a couple of things that I did growing up. And I cherished those things till I was about 20. And then every kid in the neighborhood had boxes of trophies. Because every time they did something, or every time they participated, they got a trophy, right? But things have changed. I'm not going to harp on that. Things have just changed a bunch. Some incredibly for the better, right? And some things debatable on that. But, but either way, growing up, you learn. You, your perspective changes from the time you're little and how you see things to the time you're a young adult and how you see things till the time you get a little older past a young adult and the way you see things right I ran across this this little saying I guess is what you would call it and it says this it says uh, at four years old my daddy is a superhero right seven years old my dad can do anything When I was 10 years old, my dad knows a lot, and I mean a whole lot. At 12 years old, my dad doesn't know everything, but he knows a lot. At 14 14 years old, dad's pretty old-fashioned. 21 years old, man, that dude is so out of touch. 25 years old, 
He knows a little bit, but not as much as me. I almost scribbled that one out, but it's true, so I left it. At 30 years old, you know, dad's pretty sharp after all. 40 years old, I'm going to find out what dad thinks about this first. At 50 years old, you know, my dad knew literally everything. At 60 years old, what would dad have thought about this? And at 70 years old, we understand, we say, I wish I could talk it over with dad one more time. Isn't that just a great snapshot of how life is? It doesn't matter if you were raised 75 years ago or 30 years ago or in the last 10 years. That's the way it is for all of us. We, our perspectives change as we get older. And then we find out we, we have these kids that become parents. I was a kid. Y'all were kids. All the parents in this room, we were kids at one time with parents. And these parents or these kids that grow up and become parents, God puts you in a position just by the default position that you're a parent to lead little yous, little mini-me's, little people with your characteristics and your heart and your mind and all of those things. And even things that we don't think we're teaching our kids, they end up learning anyways, right? And I just want to encourage you today, moms and dads, all of us in this room that are parents, and maybe someday we'll be parents. The kids are learning. They're watching. And we have an incredible, incredible, incredible opportunity. We have an incredible opportunity to lead them in life. And it, it happens either way, right? We can either teach them on purpose or by accident, but it happens either way, right? Well, if you have your... Orange Bulletin, you want to take some notes today, grab that. If not, I'm going to start over in the book of Psalm 112. And I want to share with you a, a passage of Scripture that's a goal for me as a parent. It says this in Psalm 112, verse 1. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. And here it is. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses. And in their righteous and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken, they will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news, their hearts are steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. That's our goal, right, parents? That as we round this out, and this is so truth, truthful in my life right now. I've got one graduating, moving off to college in a couple of months, and one in their last year of high school. And it's very important as I look back, think about the things that I have done correctly and incorrectly. No parent is perfect. Can I get a big amen on that? And how I'm going to continue parenting in the future. I was told a long time ago by some pretty wise parents, you're always a parent. Just because they move out doesn't mean you stop parenting them, right? Well, let me today, as, as a parent, I feel like the greatest gifts we could ever give our kids are not finances. I feel like the greatest gifts we'll ever give our kids are the characteristics that they absorb from us. You know, it's funny that as my kids are growing up, I was not perfect for sure. I had several mistakes. Uh, several million mistakes, but 
with that, got to balance that out and teach through that. And let them see who I was in my faith and who Jenny was, my wife, in her faith. And because of that, we hope that our kids are balanced, that they understand God doesn't expect you to be perfect. That's why Christ died for you. But what he does expect you is lean on him and get better, right? That, that would be one of the gifts I want to give my kids. I, I want to give my kids gift of characteristics and passion. I want to give my kids gifts of understanding and forgiveness, those type of things. So today I wrote down three gifts that I would want us to give our kids and how we give those gifts to them. So in your notes, if you want to follow along with us, here are the three gifts. The first one is this, to expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. Expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. It, it's one of the things that we find out pretty young as we're raising kids that just because we believe a certain way doesn't mean our kids are going to believe exactly that way. Could I get a begrudgingly amen? Yeah, isn't that the way it works? I, I wish that my kids were just like me, but what I have found out is that now my hopes are that my kids' faith is stronger than mine. I, I would encourage you to expose your kids to a, an honest relationship with God so that they would know Him personally. Amen? That, that an honest relationship to let them see your mistakes and your victories. Let them celebrate with you when things go well and, and help connect the dots between what is happening in your life and what God is doing. I want to tell you, if I could say probably one of the greatest jobs that I have understood being a parent is, is me connecting the dots between what's going on in my kid's life and what's happening or what God's will is for them. Constantly saying, well, God's doing that. God's leading you. God's helping you. God's helping, showing you, giving you understanding, giving you patience. He's guiding you in this direction. Trust him through this. Watch for him to work and move. And that's helping them to, to see God personally, to understand, hey, this isn't just mom and dad's religion. This is, this is my faith. This is what I believe, right? What, my son's fixing to leave, and he's fixing to go off to college. And believe me, I, I want ha- him to have enough relationship with God that he can deal with life on his own. Amen? That he doesn't have to call dad every five minutes, which is totally cool, but doesn't have to feel like he is distant from God, but that he feels like him and God have a relationship together, right? A couple of things underneath that that will help you, that have helped me to help our kids know God personally is this. One, is to avoid religion. But I get some more amens on that, but that's all right. You don't have to fake it. Avoid religion. Kids leave the faith, leave Christianity, not because of Jesus Christ. They leave it because of dead religion. There's no greater gift you can give your kid than a personal relationship with God. Allow them to see God at work in your life and at their life and connect that and avoid religion because religion is just a set of rules, right? It's a rules to make you good enough to stay in the between the lines, between the ditches on the road so that you can make it from A to B, right? And how many of you know that rules without a relationship is not very fun? Amen? In fact, our associate pastor, myself, sat in my office this last week and talked for about an hour over how important the Old Testament is now, how important we see it as after we've developed a relationship with God. We understand now better what God was doing in the Old Testament. He was raising us. 
He was teaching us. He was giving us the guidelines. But then he said in the New Testament, you can't live under my house all the time. You can't live in my bedroom. Does that make sense? I want you to go out on your own and develop your own faith. I want you to see the, all these things I've taught you. They're good. Don't throw them out. Put them into practice. All these laws, these guidelines, and allow those to guide your relationship personally with me. Amen? To, to give our kids, to expose them to a real honest relationship with God. Avoid religion. And the other side of that is one of the best things you can do to help them have a great relationship with God is to express gratitude to God in front of them, with them, around them. Allow them to experience your gratefulness for life. You, you can ask our kids. One of, my, one of my things is I pray, maybe not me personally, but there will be prayer at every meal I ever have. And I try not to tell them the story because every now and then they go, oh, I just want to eat. And I go, no, we're going to pray. Listen, what, not, not just our family does that? Uh, our kids will, will I just want to eat. And I used to, for years and years and years, I would tell them the story of kids when I was young, you know that. And when I was in college and I was broke for several weeks at a time, and then I got a little money, and then I was broke for several, I mean, I, I lived off of mayonnaise sandwiches, can I get an amen, and mustard sandwiches, and I lived off of cheese and crackers, uh, and one, one time we lived for about two weeks off of cheese, crackers, and ketchup. And, and can I tell you, that was 100% Scott's doing. God had nothing, in, God gave me cheese, crackers, and ketchup, but nothing else was God's fault, that was all me. But now, when I have plenty to eat, when I have a refrigerator full and a pantry full, you know what I do? Every time I sit down, every single time, I ask my kids, say, let's stop for just a second. Lord, thank you for this food. We know every bit of food that we have comes from you. We ask that you just bless it to our bodies and our life to your service. Amen. Nobody breaks out the incense and walks around the table. We don't light candles. It, but we try to express gratitude in everything that we do. And you'll hear that through our staff. We try to... Uh, emulate that in front of our congregation to help us to understand that every single thing we have. And with my kids, that's part of developing that relationship personally is helping them to understand. Do you understand that the clothes on your back, yes, mom and dad pay for it, but the money to get that comes from God. You understand? You understand that the, the strength in your legs to get up and the strength in your back to stand up straight and walk to the restroom or walk to outside or walk to your friends... All of that strength, that is a gift from God. If you don't ever have it, you realize what a precious gift it is. And it's a continual balance in, in our family. I don't, I don't want our kids, like, I don't want to stop and say, hey, that rubber band, that's from God. That was awesome. The tile floor, that's from God. I don't want to, like, freak them out and get that has mental problems, you know. But I, but I also want them to understand that everything in this world that you find good comes from God. That's one of the greatest ways that you can help personally, help your kids personally know God. So the second one is this. The second one is expose them to the power and presence of God in his church. Amen? Like I said earlier, one of the, the single greatest job of a parent is learning to connect the dots between what's happening in your kid's life and God's will for their life. Things that you see. It's just like me saying, 
uh, I, I know if you don't check the oil in your car, it's going to burn up. That's just part of That's just the way things happen. I know that if you don't brush your teeth every day, people are going to distance themselves from you. Right? Yeah, y'all help me out here. I'm trying to parent subconsciously, all right? And, and just like that, I, I understand that my job is to connect the dots between what I see in his life, in her life, in their lives, and what God wants to do in their life, to lead them and to guide them on that. And so what I want to I show them that God has power in your life. He has presence in your life. That we, not this building, are the church. Amen? That God has moved from inhabiting buildings to inhabiting you. That as you walk through this world, God wants to use you. He, he wants to speak to you. As you pray about things, as you listen to God's Spirit, as you say yes and no. We pray about a lot of stuff at our house. Sometimes it's super welcomed and the kids really want to pray about it. And sometimes they don't. And we pray anyways. What's great about that, just in the, the last couple of years, I'm going to tell on my son for a minute. But Luke never puts anything back in the same spot twice. All right, I, I think he probably got that from me. But I grew out of it, so there's hope. But now, so we pray about everything. So now, just recently, Luke lost his keys. Or no, it's his wallet. His wallet at, his, at the house. And he's walking around like, where's my wallet? We can't find it. And then I went and did something. And a few minutes later, we came back. And I said, hey, did you find your wallet? He said, yeah, I just prayed about it. And God let me right to it. And I was thinking, Lord, why'd you do that? Are y'all with me on this? Like, no, it needs, to, it needs to be lost a little longer so that he'll learn to put it up. That's what I was thinking in my mind. And it was just like God actually heard me. And said, is that what I did with you? And God just constantly helping them right where they're at. Right where they're at in life. My goal was reached. Is that he stopped and would pray about it. That's the goal, right? If he never puts it up again, at least he'll have the gift of prayer, you know. <laughs> right? And, and, and the same thing for my daughter. It was just, it was just about this time last year. We were, we were. Going through that, hey, can I go over to this kid's house? They're having a big swim party. Or can I go to this kid's house? They're having a big birthday party. And I remember the, remember the conversation. It was predominantly her and her mom. I'm in the other room listening, you know, forcing my thoughts through the wall into there. And, and I remember Jenny using some great wisdom. And we went back and forth, and then I left the room, and then Jenny and her were talking about, should I go? And Jenny was trying to explain, I, just, I don't know if this is the best environment for you. You know, you're, you're really trying to live for God, and this group of friends is probably not the best group to be hanging around with, if that's your goal in life. And they, Avery just did not see it that way. You ever been in one of those arguments? Just not, and so Jenny had a brilliant idea. She said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're old enough in this situation. This is a good start. Since it's not till this weekend, we want you to pray about the next couple of days. And whatever you come up with, whether you say, I'm going or not, either one of those are fine with us. We're going to go with what you say. But we want you to pray and tell us what God says. And everybody's like, yes, and walks out. Because she knows what God's going to say. And I'll never forget on Friday her coming in and I'm waiting and her and Jenny are walking back and forth and talking. Everybody's acting normal. And I leaned over and said, hey, so have y'all talked yet? And she goes, yep. I said, what's the deal? She goes, she said that God said this wasn't a great environment for her and probably. <laughs> so we're not talking about it anymore. I said, okay, great, great, great. But do you understand, like, 
as hard as that is to say, here, make that decision and have to roll with it. If she would have walked in and said, no, I feel like that's fine. Say, okay, then either it's going to be a learning lesson for mom and dad that she can handle it, or it'll be a learning lesson for her that she can't handle it. And you have to go with that. And that's how we develop. That's one of the ways of honestly developing a relationship with our kids and then letting them see the power of God in their own life. Amen? Every single one of us in this room, God wants to speak to you. God wants to talk to you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. It's just a matter of developing a relationship with Him. Amen? And what's great about that is, as we learn that process, we're just like our kids. As adults, we're just like our kids in God. God's speaking to us, and sometimes we get it, and sometimes we don't. But the longer we live, the more we understand His ways. The more we connect the dots between our life and God, and what He's doing in our life. And the more we develop a relationship with Him. Amen? So expose our kids to a personal relationship with God. Their relationship. Not just yours, but theirs. And let them see the power and the presence of God in His church. In, in them. In us. Point it out in other people. Give them other examples of things that are going on in this body of believers. In your family. In your friends. What God's doing. What people are doing. Let them connect the dots themselves like you've been doing their whole life. It's one of the greatest gifts you can ever give them. And the third gift is this. To expose them to the thrill of actually being used by God. When a child learns that God wants to use them, it's a game changer. I'll never forget the church that we were at about 15 years ago as associate pastors. And they had an entirely different way of thinking than we had been raised with. And I'll never forget, our kids were like four and six and the children's pastor said, hey, it's about time for your kids to start serving. What? You don't want my kids serving. <laughs> Do you know my kids? You know? And they're like, no. In, in the littler kids' classes, they will sit in there and they'll put the goldfish in the little cups and put them on the tray so when the kids leave, they can hand those out. Wow. We, we would love that. We would love to be a part of that. And so at, at four and six years old, my kids got to see God start moving in their life. Start using them to touch other people's lives. Start seeing the little kids as they would hand out the goldfish as they were having snack time or going over and getting the papers and giving it to the teachers and allowing them to see God use them in their life. It's a complete game changer. Allowing our kids to see us serve and connect the dots with that will change their perspective on God. Remember we talked at the beginning of the message how when you're young, you have a certain perspective, and as you get a little older, the little story we told. It's the same way with God. When we're starting with God, when we're just inching out into serving, we have a certain perspective. But when people's lives start being blessed or changed because of what we're doing, that changes our perspective on what God's doing through us. You understand that? And then we are able to, as parents, we're able to connect the dots on what God's doing through our kids and through other people. I'll never forget one of the greatest things that ever happened in our life, ever happened in my kids' lives. When we moved, um, Luke was fifth grade when we moved. He's fifth grade. He was helping out with the lower elementary school classes during one of the services, then he would sit in the other. And one of the moms wrote us a letter as we started to, as we transitioned out of this church, wrote us a letter about how our fifth grader had changed their kid's life. Well, Luke had never preached the message. He had 
never told the story. He had never given a testimony about what God's doing in his life. You know what he did? He just served in that class. But he started serving when he was six in that little boy's class. And as the kid moved up, he just moved up as one of their little leaders in the classroom. They became friends. And when the kid had questions or issues about things, Luke in his fourth grade or fifth grade or third grade mentality would connect the dots just like his mom and dad had been doing, he would connect the dots for this little kid. And three or four or five, six, however long we were there, years of that influenced that little boy. And still to this day when we see him, now he's a teenager, he says, it's Luke. It wasn't mom or dad. Isn't that terrible? It's not mom or dad. It wasn't the great preaching. It was this guy that gave out goldfish when he was six years old. But that's what can happen when we open the door and allow our kids to serve. That's why at South Point, we encourage everybody to serve somewhere. At least once a month, serve somewhere. Allow God the opportunity to use you. It's one of the greatest gifts you'll ever give yourself. So let's revisit these three great gifts. Expose your kids to knowing God personally. Help them navigate mistakes and victories. Be honest with them. Avoid religion and overwhelm them with the expression of gratitude in front of them. Let them see it. Connect the dots for them. The second one is expose them to the power and presence of God in His church, in His people, in them. And then the third one, expose them to the thrill of being used by God. They're life changers. All of those things seem simple, but they're complete life changers. As a, as a father or a mother, I'd say the greatest gifts you can give them all involve God. Knowing God. Living for God. Serving God. So today we're going to pray. Would you mind praying with me? We're going to pray a, a couple of prayers. But the first one, with everyone's eyes closed for just a minute, I just want you thinking about what God's speaking to your heart. And I want to talk specifically to the moms and the dads for just a moment. Maybe, maybe anybody else in the room that you walked in here and today you hear these stories about connecting the dots between what's happening in our lives and our relationship with God. Or you hear the, the point about developing a relationship personally with God. And you've not taken that first step. And I want to encourage you that that's the most important step to take is we get to the place where we open up our hearts our lives and we say Jesus I, I want you to come in I want you to teach me your ways you know for somebody standing in front of you today that wasn't raised in church it wasn't until I was in college that I gave my life to Christ I had to rely totally on God teaching me showing me his ways and he can do the same thing to you today if that's you with nobody looking around if you say Scott as you pray just remember me I'm not going to call you up front or call your name out or anything like that I just want to know Am I praying for anybody in here today that's making that decision? Awesome. Awesome. If you will, just slip up your hand and let me know. It just lets me know how you're praying for me today. You can slip it right up and right back down. Awesome. Super proud of you. Anybody else? Proud of you. Lord, I pray for uh, 
these that raised their hand this morning, there's no greater step in life. There's no greater understanding. There's no greater surrender in this world than when we realize we need you the most. I pray for these that raised their hand today, Lord, that you would do exactly what your word says, that you would come into their life today, that you would forgive them of their past, their sin, their mistakes, and that you would show them their future today. That from this day forward, you're going to be with them, that you'll teach them how to love and how to be loved. That you'll teach them how to navigate this world, how to walk according to your ways. More than anything, Lord, you'll show them that they'll never do this alone, that your spirit will always be with them going before them, preparing their life, surrounding them, helping them, guiding them. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. Now I want to pray for all of us in this room, for all the moms, all the dads, that God would help us to give some of the greatest gifts we could to our kids, a relationship of knowing Him personally. Lord, we love you. We thank you for allowing us to know you personally. I thank you for helping develop that in us. It's such a step of growth in our lives, Lord, as we reach out in faith, as we come to know your word and we get to see it in our lives and your spirit connects it to what's really going on in our lives. Thank you for growing us. Thank you for showing us that you're real, that you're with us, that you're leading us and teaching us how to be parents, how to be servants how to touch other people's lives and how to grow in our faith ourselves. But Lord, our greatest our greatest job as parents is what we do with our kids. So I pray for every mom and dad in this room, every future parent in this room, that you would help us live a life for you in front of our kids. That you would help us to be honest and be real. That you'd help us to be caring and forgiving. Lord, that we would just emulate that relationship in such a way that our kids would understand what a true relationship is all about. Help us to nurture our kids. Help us to nurture our children and their relationship with you. To give them freedom to grow and to have successes and mistakes and to walk them through those things. Lord, I thank you for being patient with us and walking us through it. I thank you for trusting that us and your spirit together, we can do this. We can succeed. I pray a blessing over all fathers today. As we leave this room and this church, Lord, that you would bless these fathers as they go into their families, as they speak to their children, as they speak to their families, that you would flow your spirit out of them and show them the power and presence of you in their lives. It's in your name that we live and breathe and have our being. Amen. Amen. Some of our prayer team people are going to, prayer team members are going to come up to the front after this. And I want to encourage you today. Let's take this last song and let's just worship the Father of all fathers. Can we do that? The one that we.